Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Welcome back to another episode of A Whole Mood. All right, so 2021 is winding down. And so this episode, we are going to talk about just a well-rounded conversation about brokenness, okay? Now, I know the first thing you probably think about is, I've been broke before. Yeah, you know I've been broke before. Not just that. (laughs) Broken just in all aspects. So we're going to get right into it. So this week's guest, so speaking of broken, broken communication is just something I just, I just got to be honest with myself. I do not respond well to. Like I try to roll with the punches, but I get so upset. Blame it on my abandonment issues. I had to pick a different guest because the guest that I had scheduled for this week, he just completely went. Hey, wow. I have a completely different guest, a friend of the show, my brother, Roderick. Hey, Roderick. Hey, Alon. What's up? Literally, I'm on my Christmas break, so I've been really chilling because I know 2022 probably is going to be like my money year, so I'm really going to be working my behind off trying to get my life together. Okay, I feel that, and I'm hoping that it's my money year too, and really, I'm hoping that it's everybody's money year. Because we need that. We need that bag. Exactly. We need that bag, and we need the bag back. Because let me tell you, we still ain't got the brunt end of that <laughs> pandemic. We ain't seen it yet. I'm and the government you. acting like they don't want to shut it down. The numbers are rising every day. Okay, bring us another STEMI, Joe. A couple STEMIs. Question, have you been broke before? No, it just depends. Like, you said this is going to be a well-rounded episode. So, I mean, in a couple of aspects, yes, I've been broke. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've been broke before. What's the first thing you come to mind when you think broke? I think initially probably what everybody thinks of when they first hear the word broke, because you're not using the word broken, but broke. You're probably thinking right. um, financially broke, you know? Yeah. And so I think we all have been there. Oh, well, I ain't going to say we all, but I will say most of us have Hello. probably been there, you know? Most of us. Especially those early 20s, coming straight out of college, coming straight out of Ooh. high school. If you didn't go to college, you know, getting kicked out the house, whatever it was, um, at some point, you probably experienced a little brokenness. but i probably would say as far as like a financial brokenness goes i don't Mm -hmm. really even count college that much because i feel like we all were broke in college you know in different ways um we all was trying to make it work we all had our little probably part-time jobs or work study or whatever it is that we had when i experienced it the most 
was after I graduated college and I was looking mm. for work. You know, it's like, okay, now it's time to be a real adult. You graduated from undergrad, get a real job. And that was a struggle. Everybody wasn't hiring like they're hiring now. Everywhere you go is a hiring sign. Indeed, it's full of listings. It wasn't like that. I probably applied for 100 jobs in less than a month, (laughs) you know, coming right out of college. Nobody was just picking me up. We didn't have the best economy at the time. For probably about four to five months, I was jobless. I graduated from Alabama State, and then I went home to Mobile for a week. Mobile just wasn't doing it for me. I was like, yeah, I got to find something else. I don't really want to be here. So I called my cousin in Birmingham to kind of vent to her, and she was just like, why don't you just move here? And I was like, well, what? I mean, I still got to have a job. I still got to help. I still got to find somewhere to live. She was like, well, we'll figure that all that out when you get here. Live south of Birmingham for probably six months. And it took me about four or five months to find a job. I was doing retail and I got a job at the post office. A lot of people don't know that, but I did. I got a job at the post office in Birmingham. And I believe my area was Cahaba Heights for all you Birmingham people. Right when I was at orientation for that job, I got a call for a job in Atlanta. I don't even remember applying for the job. Like I applied for so many jobs during that period. I don't even remember applying, but they called me and I had to decide whether I was going to finish my orientation at the post office for a guaranteed job with a pretty okay pay or go to my interview in Atlanta. Because they were like, if you miss this day, then you pretty much quit. Like on your second day of work. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. I went to Atlanta, I interviewed for the job. They called me back in two days and were like, oh, you got this job. And I never really wanted to move to Atlanta. I thought it was like a black cliche, like graduate and go to Atlanta. I really thought that I was going to be probably in the DMV area or something, even though probably that's a black cliche too, but still. I thought that that's where I was going to be. So I guess Atlanta kind of shows me. When I got my first check, it was not what I thought it was going to be. Like, you know, of course you have to think about taxes and you have to think about all of your healthcare coverage and all of that. And so I'm like, dang, am I just left with pennies? Like, what am I going to do? You know, I called my mom and I was like, mom, I got rent due. This is not what I thought I was going to be getting. My mama told me, she said, you better figure it out. Wow. And that's all she and that's all she said. She's like, I don't know what you're going to do, but you better figure it out. And see, my mama wasn't a, ever a big hand holder. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. let me know what you need. But you got you got to figure it out on your own. You're an adult. Like, you need to adult. So, yeah. hey, I had to put my budgeting hat on, and I had to make that thing work. Now, mind you, when I first moved to Metro Atlanta, I moved to the suburb of uh, Atlanta over in Douglas County. And my rent was not that much compared to now. Well, I don't have a rent now. I have a mortgage. But compared Period. to rent now... I think my rent was like five ninety six fifty. I started out at something like that, and my apartment was like nine hundred ten square feet, which was huge based on comparable apartments in the area. Is this still five ninety to this day? No, absolutely. I was about not. to say I know that shit rose up because that absolutely. was like two thousand thirteen, right? Yes, and since yeah. then they had a complete 
uh, renovation. I don't know how much it costs over there now, but it's definitely not between five ninety six fifty. But that was just a blessing at the, even at that time. But yeah, I'm glad that my dad taught me, you know, a little budgeting sense because when I tell you it was one time that I got down to like literally twenty five dollars was all I had. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like, yeah, I know about that kind of being broke. But you know what? I made it work. And I'm not someone who just spends frivolously or, you know, I just don't do that. So I was able to work it out. And pretty much with nobody's help, I was able to do it. You go to Walmart, you get your groceries, you do everything you need to do first, everything you want last. I always felt like they needed some type of life class in high school i guess they think that your parents are supposed to teach you that which they probably are but hey everybody don't have parents (laughs) that's gonna teach them that kind of stuff that is the truth just like you i feel like certain phases don't count for me what i can say is most paramount to me I'm going to have to say college because no. that was when I really got that slap in the face. And I'm not sure if I told that story on here. I really try not to like double share stories on this show. I don't remember this particular story. So mm-hmm. when I had first got to Auburn, I was really counting on my mom and dad to pay my rent so I could really focus on school. My dad abandoned me probably like month two. It was probably like three fifty. I paid for rent. So he only had to pay like $175 because he was splitting it in half with my mom. Like, he was ignoring my calls. He had lied to me and said, like, you know, he ain't had no minutes on his phone. Like, really bummy shit. Because he did that, it left me in a bind to, like, use whatever money I had for me to, like, stay sustained in school or whatever. I had to pay rent. And then Mm -hmm. I also had to, like, look for a job. Now, I'm never the best person to be out here job hunting when I actually need a job. Like, I never have no luck like that. Like, I can never job hop. I, I love when people, like, they can job hop. I don't have that kind of luck. Yeah, um, me either. <laughs> right. I probably didn't find a job until, like, April. And that's when I started to work at Target. But literally, it was a struggle that first semester. I even lost so much weight. I kept it to myself because I really struggled a lot. There were nights where... I literally said, if I could have whatever I have for groceries right now, make it stretch till like Saturday, then I'll be good to budget for this week. That means I can't eat dinner this Wednesday and Thursday, and I could probably eat dinner on Friday. Like, that's literally how I was living. Wow. Wow. Yes, because I was penny pinching. You never did like apply for like those college food stamp programs and things like that? Yeah, but they was only giving me $16 a month. That's crazy. I didn't even know about stuff like that. Like I had a roommate when I was at Alabama State that was a real like hustler. She was like going to school and working three jobs. I don't know how she did it, but she did. And she put me on. She was like a nanny for this family. Like they would even ask her to travel with them. And she was like um, a bartender. And then she worked at a, a apparel store all while being a full-time student. She was like, let me tell you something. You go up there and you fill out that application and you get this money because, hey, we just college students. This is what you need. And when I tell you, they would give me like $200 a month. Really? That was crazy. I, I thought that was crazy. I was just like, oh my God. It only lasted for like six months though. But, but they gave me like $200 a month. And she really like 
looked out for me during that time. She was like, you need to do this. You need to do that. I'm going to teach you how to do it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I applied oh, everything. Yeah. And they only gave me $16 a month. Maybe that was what county you were in? Lee County? Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a Lee County because Montgomery County, they was giving them <laughs> college students what they needed. I'm telling you, they were. Right. And I appreciated <laughs> it. I appreciate it. I'm like, uh, roommate, you ready to go to Publix? Come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. We have a steak tonight <laughs> on the government. I got a question for you, though. So where did you learn your budgeting from? Like, who taught you budgeting? Did you kind of learn that on your own? Yeah, I'm, I was just out here, man. <laughs> like, I feel like even now, how I choose to budget like, I just have, like, a dollar amount of cash in my pocket, and I'm like, this got to last me for the week. And that's how I typically budget. Okay. Yeah, and that could be range from, like, maybe 50 to to $100. I'm like, this your lunch money for the week. And that's kind of how I budget. And that's after, mm-hmm. just like what you said, after I done paid what I needed to pay. Right. You had to make that thing work. But that was probably the brokest time ever. And my mom got so mad at me when I came home for Christmas, and I was skinny. Because I didn't have a car that semester. So I was like walking the campus sometimes because people have to have meets for projects and stuff like that. And after hours, like the transit to get to campus, it would not be working. So I had to figure out a means to get to, to the school. And we had Uber or Lyft at that time. So right. I literally walked the campus one time, maybe once or twice. I don't know if you were staying in those apartments that I remember you staying in, but that was pretty yeah. far from the campus exactly yeah i stayed there <laughs> yeah, that my whole tenure. okay mm-hmm. i remember that my dad was old school and he he literally was like let's do these chicks you know before i was actually looking at a bank ledger and swiping oh, wow. my debit card i was doing the ledger myself the way he taught me how to do it he was just like listen mm-hmm. don't go crazy you don't need to get no debit card yet because it's gonna be. I'm like, Dad, I can't be out here writing checks. Like, even <laughs> even in like 2000 and what was it, seven or 2008 when I really started doing those ledgers with my checkbook. Um, I'm like, you know, we're still in a time where most people aren't using checks even back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he had me using them checks. He had me uh, you know, doing all of that kind of stuff. And I appreciated it because once I did, you know, order my cards and get my credit cards, it was just like I already knew without even looking at my bank statement what it was supposed to be because I had already done did it in my head. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that, but you really got to watch yourself, especially when you're on a budget and you only have a certain amount of cash and you know you got bills and you know you got to eat and you know you got to have gas if you have a car or whatever your means of transportation is. That stuff is rough. Yeah, yeah and when I was a teen, I can say... My money stretched a little longer because I didn't have a car. Primarily because we was out here ripping and running the streets and we didn't know what gas prices was. So, okay. I literally, like, I was good when I was a teenager because I didn't have no car. Have you ever overdrafted? Yes, I have. But the crazy thing is, I feel like I've overdrafted probably a couple of times. I don't ever remember being penalized for it. I don't know if it was my bank or what. You know how they're like, are you going to have these overdraft fees? I don't ever remember having any type of overdraft fee or anything like that. So Mm. it never really affected me. I don't know if I had some kind of protection or what. I didn't read all the small print. I just know (laughs) it it worked out. 
or maybe it was like the following day when I got paid and then it just kind of maybe because you, know. you do have a grace period as long as you put some money back in there like you don't have to do the whole $30 or whatever money they penalize you for the overdraft fee that must be what happened because I know in college I did I had to do it a couple times but it wasn't even anything that was like an astronomical amount though it wasn't like oh you overdraft $200 it was probably just some chump change and they're probably like oh you know what whatever it's not even at the threshold <laughs> well i will say before i switched banks when i moved to new york i probably overdraft a significant amount of times and every time i got penalized but probably because oh, wow. just like what you said i didn't have no protection whatever at my last bank now this bank i was adamant i was like okay we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do no overdraft what we gonna do? Decline my car and embarrass the hell out of me. Don't worry about <laughs> paying whatever it is that I'm trying to do. I want you to embarrass me because I don't want to pay no extra thirty five forty dollars. Okay, but it's look purchased. when you broke no thirty five forty dollars is a lot. That is a lot, yeah. And that happened a lot, like probably like community college times when I used to like overdraft like crazy, spending it up at the neighborhood Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> what do you eat when you are broke if i can remember back to like my college days like i told you we were having a phone conversation and i told you i said i didn't even know what ramen noodles was until <laughs> hurricane katrina because you know we from mobile so we get all the hurricanes too and i was on the brink of my senior year when hurricane katrina happened but I'm like, oh, so this is a broke people food? Like, <laughs> I had no clue. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't like know some about Asian that. Shit. Yeah. And, you know, I would always see it in the in Walmart or in the grocery store. But I'm like, what is that? That looks gross. And it looks like a hard brick. So I'm like, never going to eat that. You know, my parents never bought that. But when Hurricane Katrina came, it was just like an easy thing to make. And my dad was like, you never had ramen noodles before? I'm like, have you ever bought ramen noodles before? Like, <laughs> I clearly didn't buy them on my own. You know, these days they have all these ramen cafes and shops and restaurants now. It's like a delicacy in Atlanta almost. They throw that little mm -hmm. boiled egg on top. I'm not feeling it, but I will fuck with a little ramen noodle. I will. Um, you know, yeah. I know you like that creamy Sometimes chicken. I low-key crave it. <laughs> I do. That is my favorite flavor. <laughs> Throw some butter but, in that yeah. thing. I would say probably some like ramen is probably a good broke food. But other than that, I would probably make sure that I had enough money for food. And I would just go to the grocery store and get a lot of like frozen stuff. Or make me I some sandwiches, anyway. ham, turkey, wheat bread, you know, get you some cheese, get all of that stuff. And get stuff that's going to last. Even though I eat sandwiches all the time anyway because i just like that's sandwiches. me i, I get a deli sandwich and some bread and some sliced cheese with the quickness because me i don't really care to cook that much anyway so like i peanut butter and jelly myself to death yeah i eat some cereal and that's another one cereal. yes that'll be easy and sometimes i do popcorn for dinner i don't give a fuck like I'm so lazy. Like, I have to be in the mood to cook. But if I'm broke, like, I'm going to definitely get, like, spaghetti. It's something that stretches. Yes. I make my taco soup. That shit stretch. 
and like what I said, all of those are dishes that I would cook on a regular anyway. I'm not really that big of a steak person, mm-hmm. so I don't feel the need to ever like, dang, I want a steak. Like I eat seafood on now, like I'm gonna a tell regular. You now, I, I do crave a good medium well steak every now and again. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you brought up cereal, I was like, dang broke me today and broke me back then i wouldn't even be able to afford broke me today because i'm like i'm not even finna get no regular milk i don't even drink regular milk no more <laughs> i don't yeah i only drink oat milk now. milk yeah and silk mm-hmm. and all that stuff if i was broke me back then i'd be like dang i gotta revert back to the whole milk like yuck hey, look i can't put all that dairy in my body no more look i'm over the hill now so you see oh me. stop it stop <laughs> it but yes, so but now I'm a I'm a seafood head, so that can be a bit expensive. But Absolutely. I don't eat it every day. I don't know what kind of seafood you like, but most seafood. I love is salmon. Salmon okay. is quick. I could whip it up real quick. I have some raw shrimp in there. Little shrimp. And sometimes, honestly, I just got put on to this like last year. A tuna steak is really, really good. And I don't like tuna at all. I was just but about I to like say, I don't steaks. get into tuna, so I've never really heard about a tuna steak. A tuna steak, literally, you would think it's a pork chop. That's the consistency wow. and the taste of it. You would never know. Like, it's stringy like a pork chop. No, I fuck a pork chop up, too. So <laughs> Yeah, I promise you, if you, if you would have ate a tuna steak, you wouldn't have said it was tuna. You literally probably would have said it was like a pork chop. That's how good it is. Okay, I'm going to have to try that. Putting that on my to-do list. So, would you date someone broke? If I'm going to be honest, I'm probably going to say (laughs) no. (laughs) Because I am at a point in my life, I'm like, listen, you don't have to have as much as someone else has or anything like that. As long as you're able to support yourself and do what you need to do outside of me, then that's okay now if you're in a relationship and shit happens and you need to support your partner your girlfriend spouse wife husband whatever that's what you need to do because you're in a relationship with that person but initially if i'm just meeting you and you're broke and you're like yeah let's start this relationship yeah no i need you to come Mm -hmm. with a little more than that Yeah. and i think i would want somebody to think the same of me because i wouldn't want to come to into a relationship with nothing you know what i'm saying so yeah probably not what about you (laughs) yeah i think everything you said because i've experienced everything you said like i've been with somebody financially better than me i've also been with somebody kind of equal to me and all of those situations still panned out like it was like financial strife in some capacity I just know how I operate in those things. Like, I'm very much like a resilient person. Like, I have Mm -hmm. the tenacity of I don't know what. So even if I ain't got it, like, I'm going to hustle a little harder to make sure, like, whatever is necessary got to get done. I've done that in both of my little situations. And when it came for any support financially for me, I didn't get that same experience back. And I said that on this show, like, ample amount of times. Like, probably on the Betrayal episode, like, literally, somebody needed help paying their tuition. We was together, and I helped half of that. And then, literally, like, it all went to shit. You know what? I experienced it. I did it. I don't want to do that shit again. At least I say I did it. Speaking of, I think I've said this as well. 
when something broke, I'm a fixer. So my instinct is to fix it. And I've learned to not lead with being the Mr. Fix-It. And sometimes when something broke, it probably need to be thrown away. Oh, okay. I think that's the part that I'm learning. And that's the lesson that's pretty hard for me to learn because I'm going to always try to fix it before. Like, throwing it away is like the last resort. And I've never been stretched to the point where I've had to throw something away until I was forced to throw it away. Now, I would definitely have to see that there's some independence with somebody if I'm with somebody. Yes. Like, I yes. I don't have the spirit of sugar daddy on me. Okay. I that I can say. I've never been anybody's sugar daddy. I've never, you know, paid for anybody's way for anything. Like, literally, I was already in a situation and I was helping somebody. I ain't got it like that to be like nobody sugar that. I don't have that spirit in me. And uh, I'm with you on that. I don't have that spirit in me. I have never experienced. I've I've been in situations where I've had to help a partner or for some with something, but it's always been reciprocated. If I was in a bind or if I needed help with something, the, they would help me as well. So I I don't have an experience where I could say, oh, you know, I just did all this stuff for you and you didn't reciprocate but i've never been a, a sugar daddy and i've never been a sugar baby so <laughs> right, on both sides of the spectrum i don't know what it's like yeah so would you be broke with a significant other during hard times so would you still say that you would be able to hone in and that superpower or do you just not want to deal with that at all oh absolutely i mean because if we've been in a relationship we should have much more going on than the finances. You know what I'm yeah. saying? As long as you got that drive and long as long as I know that you're going to get out there and try your best and do what you need to do to get where you need to be, then I'm okay with it. You know, if I'm able to do it, then I can do it. If I'm not able to do it, then, hey, we got to figure something else out. <laughs> but I'm not just going to, you know, I'm not just going to dip on you because just because you just got broke. One day, life happens, shit happens. You can't walk out on people like that. Well, I don't know. I think for me, now that I've been through it in so many different situations, I'm kind of triggered and I'm a little traumatized <laughs> by my situations now. And I'm second guessing if I'll be able to have the bandwidth to do that. because Not the bandwidth. I promise you, because when they get frustrated with you, it's a different story if you're frustrated with them. And I mm -hmm. know I'll be able to bear through it. I think my worry now is like, okay, if I help you with this, do you feel like you're going to be so insecure where do you feel like I'm holding over your head? Or, oh. you know, if something would happen for me, would you do the same thing for me? And so that's where I'm kind of leading with now. Like, yeah. when I do things, like, that's going to be the first thing that come in my mind. Like, would you do this for me? Because if you wouldn't do this for me, then I probably got to go. That's, that's how I have different. to lead with. If you If you've been in a relationship and you expect the person not to do it for you, should it happen to you? But if I'm in a relationship and I'm helping you, then I off the bat expect you to do the same for me. Like, yeah, you just yeah. never know people's attitude when certain struggles come about. Right. Like, it's kind of like when people got money, you really see their ass. When people don't got money, you really see their ass. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's, it's both ways. I'm just like, show me who you are. Even if I'm broke and 
I have been in situations where I have helped you, not even financially, in several different kinds of ways. If I feel like you're not going to help me or you're not helping me and I've helped you, then I'm gone and I don't even care if I'm broke because I don't need you. <laughs> you're not benefiting me. Mm-hmm. Even at my lowest point, guess what? I'm gone. I have to learn that because I feel like that's easier said than done. But it that is. is something that I definitely have to learn. It is, but it, at the same time, it's like, why are we together if you're not even going to support me at this low that point? That's the truth. What's the, the point? They're going to be like, man, you ain't going to help me here. What you mean? <laughs> no, no, because if I help you, that'll make it easier for you because I know I'll be able to do it. I'm confident in myself. I'm not confident in you. That's literally what it is. Mm-mm. So, Shit. broken friendships. So the guest that I was supposed to have on here, we were going to explain like how certain situations can happen and it would cause like a lapse in communication. And it's so funny because when I asked you to do this yesterday, I realized I'm like, well, we kind of had this same experience as well. And I was just like, well, I could say my little part in it. And it's a little story time, y'all, a little story time, tea time. So on my side of it, I think this was around maybe like five years ago. And it's so crazy how my intuition is. Me and Rob been in a couple of little love triangles. And and some of them, like, I felt like I was caught in a web and I ain't even see it coming. Whereas some of them, I was like, I don't even think neither one of us knew what was happening because there was a lapse in communication. And I'll just say, like, the start of our friendship really was, like, we had, like, this hidden, like, oh, my God, we are super cool or whatever, blah, 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 or oh, my God, like, I really like you or whatever. But we never really had concrete bond that made that relationship. But what ended up happening to cause, like, a divide for me on my side of it was Rob was ended up talking to somebody that I had talked to, like, in the past. And it was full circle because this was somebody that I had got in trouble with that really caused a scare that, like, it put me in an absolute personal growth pause for a long time. So it's kind of crazy how all of this kind of panned out full circle. And so I don't even know how I even find out, but I was literally walking to the subway one day. I'm like, I ain't heard from Rod in a long time. And I'm like, well, he probably booed us somewhere. And I'm like, he probably talking to somebody I used to talk to. I don't know why that came up in my head. <laughs> it literally came up in my head like that. And then I think I started piecing like photos together on Facebook or whatever. And I'm like, I believe they talking. And that's so crazy because it literally just came in my head. But I believe that's they talking. And so I'm like, well, I'm a kind of bag back because this is kind of awkward for me on so many levels. And I don't really know how to form language because me and you never talked about anything relationship wise. And the crazy thing is it wasn't awkward for me at all. Because I didn't know nothing about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But no, but that was the thing. Like, we never talked about, like, any interest or anything. Like, we were just friends. Right. And even before that situation, it was like, when I was in college, reason how I even formed this, because I was like, I don't like to get in Rob's business because Rob real private or whatever. You had introduced somebody to me as a friend, and then they ended up trying to talk to me. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of crazy because then I had later found out that it was more serious than what it was as friendship. 
And then I I felt guilty because I was like, dang, I feel like now I'm hiding something from somebody I consider a friend, but it wasn't presented to me as this. And so I was like, I was so upset on both ends. I was like, this is kind of fucked up. (laughs) So being that it happened like twice, I was like, you know what? This time around, like, I don't even know what to say. So I kind of let it go. Rob was hitting me up. He was like, hey, Alon, blah, blah, blah. And I was just because I just did not know what to do. And that was the crazy part because I would just be like, oh, just random days. Like, oh, let me text Alon. Let me see what's going on with him. I miss him. I haven't talked to him. Uh, I would be like, hey. And all this long text. And you'd be like, yeah, okay. I was like, dang, like, what's going on with him? (laughs) It was awkward. No, it was very awkward. Like what I said, it was very triggering because he is the reason why I got in trouble, like, when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And, like, that shit stifled me for 10 years because I was like, nah, it fucked up my first relationship because I was so triggered by that experience yes that was crazy so that's why it's so and i late. tried to have so much empathy for the situation when i found out because i was like i bet he just think that i'm just walking around like la 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 i don't even care like no it was kind of like very soap opera ish for me because it was like very true to who we was like i feel like because people always confuse me in high school they was like oh my god do you know rod people confuse me in community college oh my god do you know rod i'm like Rod is literally three years older than me. Like, how do y'all assume that I know him? But I guess I give off the same energy that you give. And so it's kind of funny how we kind of weave into these things all the time. And so literally it just formed in my head. I'm like, he probably talking to... Like, I, I literally just said that out loud and then it happened. It was very circumstantial because... I know you didn't just move to Atlanta to find somebody from Mobile and somebody that I was once top. Like exactly. You, like I knew that, but because of that, it made it even more awkward. It made it even more. And awkward. mind you, I didn't even, I didn't even know this person. Yeah, I didn't even know this person from Mobile at all. <laughs> Never yeah. met him. Period. So, well, you barely knew me when we first started talking. It was literally started like at them Facebook pokes. Right. And then I would support you even after I left Murphy, but I would come you to did. different things that you were having. Mm-hmm. I just loved you. I don't know why I just I did. Know. And that's so, it, again, y'all, it was so random how we connected because I did not talk to Rod when he was in high school. But somehow between my junior and senior year, me and Rod connected. I don't know. Like, it's really fate. But that's my side of the lapse in communication. And I promise you, from 2016 to 2019, we did not talk. <laughs> we did not. We I did not talk. And it, was, it, was, it was dry. It was dried up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I can say was, when my breakup happened in 2018, and I literally felt like trash, and I felt like I was set to the side, I was dropped. What ended up made me reconnect with Rod was because I was like, Alon, something that you have done or a habit that you have caused within yourself on how you choose to handle situations is the reason why this outcome happened. Because a lot of times what what you put out, you get back. And so I was mm-hmm. really in a reflective time at that time because that, that was a very dark moment. When you live with somebody for two years and then all of a sudden they don't choose you no more, that right. shit is heartbreaking. It to be so sudden, too, for, you know, y'all to be in a relationship for three plus years, be living together for two plus years, then all of a sudden it's like, 
they talking to whoever somebody and they prioritizing them over you that shit hurts rod stuck out so vividly to me because i literally value so much of his friendship and everything that we had and for me to do that to him like i had reached out to him and then that's when i was just like i was really honest i was like rod now we friends now but what I can say is like, where does our friendship start and where does it end? Because it's certain shit that we just never talked about. And it's the reason why I was mad. And the reason why I was mad is because we ain't talk about it. <laughs> right. And we had to talk about all of the things. We did. We had to lay it out. <laughs> we had to lay it out. And I, um, and I was so, I felt so happy that we did. It was mm-hmm. just like a reintroduction almost because it was like so much time had passed. And I was just sitting around, like, wondering, like, wow, like, I hope he's okay. Like, I don't really know what's happening, but I hope everything is okay. But at the same time, I was like, I'm going to give him his space because I don't know what's happening. He's not letting me know what's happening. So I'm just going to give him his space. And then I think things will work out eventually once we get a little time and and space. And And things did. And I felt like you were receiving of me and I felt like I was very receiving of you at that moment. At the end of the day, we still loved each other and we always loved each other and we worked it out. That's for sure. So in regards to broken friendships, what do you feel like is needed when it comes to a lapse of communication or what requires for a broken relationship to be mended? Somebody that had the audacity to reach out. (laughs) And And somebody to be willing to listen because, you know, we get wrapped up in our emotions. We get wrapped up in our feelings and all of that is valid. But sometimes it really clouds what's really going on or what really can be done. And I think that sometimes we just have to push that stuff to the side because it's not easy and people don't want to do hard shit. But sometimes you have to do it for the sake of the relationship because had it not been done, I would have never known. I know I would have never knew what was what was the real issue or what was really going on. Or, you know, I didn't know if it was me. I didn't know if it was somebody something else that was going on, if it was your family, if it was your relationship. I just didn't know. I just knew that as far as I'm concerned, you weren't speaking to me. And I've had friends who I've had similar situations with, but then I found out later that it just wasn't me. It was everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I've talked to friends of friends, and I'm like, yeah, you know, she don't talk to me like that, or she hasn't texted me, or I reached out to her, and she did this. And they're like, oh, it's the same with me. But when we had the conversation, we were able to break it down and figure out what it was and move forward. And I was very happy about that, because at the time, I wasn't you know, in the best place either. So to have you back was great for me. And I had never knew when I had reached out to you, we were literally going through the same thing. And I felt like that was like a pivotal time because I felt like we helped each other mend ourselves back together, creating new hope for new friendship and whatnot. I kind of get emotional when I think about it because I just never would have expected that. Like I was really, really trying to like clean my record and clean my peace with the situation and be completely fully honest. And I just would have never thought that it would cause us to really make ourselves whole again together going Mm -hmm. through that same situation where we both 
had to pack up all our shit and move out of a place where we were sharing with somebody else. Right. It was it was a lot. That year was a lot for me. And then also like later, my sister died in that same year. Like it was it was a lot that was happening oh, that yes. year. Yes, I had a lot of heart for you that year because I was just like, oh my god, this is just a lot for him and then to follow up with your dad that was just crazy yeah and it was great to have you as that friend again and i don't really have that many male friends me either (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know why that is i have my ideas on why that is i don't i guess i don't give off like male friend energy it's either they want to fuck me or they you know don't want to deal with me um That's the God honest truth. Yeah, I don't have that many male friends. But no. a pimp, then you realize that a lot of friend circles, that is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah, we don't want to be involved. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I've never been about that. I've never been that boy crazy. And and in full honesty, if we really gonna talk about it, I did have a crush on Rod, y'all. Like it wasn't like friendship. It didn't start out as friendship for me. Like I was crazy about Rod. But <laughs> that's another thing about it. It was like me and him talked about that as well. And we was like, well, I would hate for something to happen. And then we can't be friends no more. And he was absolutely right. And 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 from there, like I was like, well, I would definitely hate to lose your friendship again for something that I feel like, you know we going off of just emotions and we not actually thinking about the dynamic of our friendship. So that I can say was something that I had to kind of dial back as well and was like, nah, I think, you know, having him as my friend is probably better. I think so too. Cause we gonna be, we gonna be in here in this thing for a while. <laughs> Period. So reflection question, question one, am I living within my means? I would say that I am definitely living within my means and I'm always <laughs> trying to live within my means because I don't know if a lot of your, you listeners have been to Atlanta or if you have ever witnessed Housewives of Atlanta. I know a lot of people hate reality TV and whatever, but Candy once said that Atlanta is a place where you fake it until you make it. And I would imagine that a lot of big cities are are like that. This is a big city for the South. But when you have like Chicago, LA, New York, uh, DMV, they all trump Atlanta. It's definitely a place where people will fake it until they make it. They will make you think that they are much more larger than life than they really are. And, and come to find out, they got much more less than what you have. <laughs> so that was never a thing that I wanted to ever portray or try to do. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's fun. I mean, I understand you're trying to put out a certain persona or whatever. You're trying to become what you want to be. But live within your means, ma'am, sir. That's very important to sustain yourself. And you can still have those dreams and you can still work towards those dreams and you can still be honest with people and not scam. <laughs> Because we living amongst a lot of scammers out here. People need to really That's start living truth. within their means. What I can say, and being fully honest, I'm going to say no, not exactly. And the reason why I say that is because I was unemployed for the past two years. So the mm-hmm. jump from being unemployed to doing this large move came at some form of a cost. And as well as getting a car. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying do, don't take a leap of faith. You got to take leaps of faith, but I'm saying, because, you know, 
we all had to take one to get to where we at. That's the truth. And that's really what this is. Because even in terms of my car, y'all don't like driving. And so I went from a city where I didn't have to drive to now a city that I do have to drive. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit alone. You gonna get something you want. You're not about to just get something out of bare necessity because then you're not gonna really like be enjoying your time while you're there. That's the bulk of your time, like in a car. And so I was like, I'm gonna get something I want. And I couldn't even get what I wanted, wanted, but I did get something I wanted. But even that, again, it came at a cost. But I think for me, it came with a plan too. I didn't just get shit because I wanted it. I got it with mm -hmm. the mindset of knowing that a year in, I'm going to be back where I need to be. I'm going to recover from being unemployed for the past two years. I'm going to be able to, you know, sustain my bills and what I got going mm -hmm. on. I can't be out here traveling crazy. I might not be able to, you know, go on shopping sprees and really pamper myself with the new J's every Friday, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. But at least I have enough to encourage me to keep pushing forward and to keep excelling in what and it is that I'm point. doing. Because I was just right. about to say, at the same time, getting what you want, it may be something that's more expensive, but it's going to push you to do what you need to do to keep those things and to sustain yourself. So you're going to yeah. work harder in order to make your goals sooner. So it's nothing wrong That's with that. Sure. I, I completely understand. Yeah, because this rent, <laughs> y'all would laugh. <laughs> I, I don't even want to know. Right, I don't exactly. even want to know. I wish I had a mortgage. That's what I say because, oh, my God. So question two, do I know where my money is going? And I feel like this is a valid question because in this subscription world, well, we'll subscribe to something so quick and not realize what's coming out of our pockets. Like we forget about shit that we paying for. I don't forget about nothing that I'm paying for. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's my daddy's spirit because my daddy cheap as hell. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that I'm as cheap as my daddy because I'm going to, when I go to the store, I'm getting the things that I want and I don't care what they cost. I'm going to get them, but I know how much they cost and I know how much I have to spend. And maybe I can't get this one thing this week, but I'm going to get it next week. Cause that's the one that I want. <laughs> but yes, I know where my money is going. I know very well where it's going. Yes. I, I have to say I'm cognizant on where my money is going as well. I do. For one, I am empathetic of people like, with all of these subscriptions, especially with Apple, Apple will really fuck you up because like I had this like sleep app because I was really trying to monitor my sleep and mm -hmm. I forgot to cancel the trial or whatever for the app. And now I done paid $50 for the whole year. That shit be slipping on you. Oh, and LinkedIn wow. is one of them things too, where it's like you pay $70 for the month or whatever, or the year or something like that. Yeah, when I was job searching, like, that was an investment. And I'm like, this shit ain't even working, like. See, I don't have a lot of subscriptions. And, you know, when we did your birthday trip, I was the only non-iPhone person. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of flack for not having an oh, you You don't have an iPhone. You got to take a shot. Like, really? But, of course, this year, <laughs> I switched over to the other side, Jesus. Sure but, uh, I don't have any subscriptions so far. You telling me stuff costs $50, I probably won't subscribe. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to keep all of that kind of stuff to a minimum. Now, when you're talking about Spotify, when you're talking about like Netflix, when you're talking about things like that, yes, I do have those subscriptions and they come straight out of my bank account. 
but I still know. I still pay attention. Probably in the last couple of years, gotten rid of a lot of stuff that I just felt like I didn't use enough to be paying a subscription. I'm also thinking about cutting the cable cord. Everybody's, you know, streaming. I know you got a hundred different choices. I have cable yeah. and I think it's ending in a few months in the new year. Question three, what are your priority love languages? I would mm -hmm. say time spent. Quality That's time. a big one mm -hmm. for me because how are you going to love me and you don't want to be around me? What are you saying? Like, I need, I need your time. Outside of that, um, I think people probably would think that of me, but I'm actually not big on gift giving. If you give me a gift, thanks, but I'd rather <laughs> go somewhere or spend time or do something like that. You know, what are the other love languages? I can't even words remember. Words of all affirmation. Of them. I love words of affirmation, but really? I still think time spent trumps that because I feel like telling people that they're doing a good job or that you like this or to me that just shows me that you see me and that you care it has to be genuine it's just not oh I like what you got on today like I really want you to tell me what you really feel and I like yeah. that and I need that acts actually. of service I think acts of service is just it should just happen automatically <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like acts of service should just happen. I, I just feel like that's a daily thing. I don't know. I do acts of service daily. Like, if I'm trying to mm -hmm. be in a relationship with you, I will do little things all the time. But, yeah, that's your nature. But that is something that you give off. So that's the love language. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think about it that much. Like, I don't yeah. think, like, oh, I want this person to do this for me or... I should do. I just think it should just automatically be happening if you're in a relationship, mm -hmm. or if, you know, I don't know. Physical touch. Of course, that's important. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what the hierarchy is. Yeah, I need you to be touching, and I'm gonna touch. And probably. Yeah, you are very touchy feely, and you you be monitoring your stuff. I remember I was sitting on the couch one day. You was like, "Let me stop touching you," because I'd be on you all day. You was yes. like all in my hair, all in my face. Yes, I need <laughs> to touch, and I want to be touch me, <laughs> touch me. That is so funny. I would have to say, of I, obviously, y'all know, y'all know me. Acts of service probably my top one. Quality time is my second. My third would probably be physical touch. That will dead be in the middle because obviously there's five, right? So gift giving to be four. I don't play sentiment in gifts. So I don't yeah. really care. You know what I'm saying? And words of affirmation is absolute dead last because talk is cheap and people tell you whatever they want, but do they really mean it? And I'll always question And that's the why I said it has to be genuine because yeah i i like words of affirmation well i don't know maybe some people just have a good or have good excellent acting skills but i feel like you can tell if it's genuine or not like or if it's forced like if i have to tell you tell me what you like about me then that's different from you just waking up and just like you know what you the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Has somebody ever just did that to you and just caught you off guard? You just like, oh, like. Well, all the time. You. But like what I said, it don't be no action tied to that shit. So I just be like, okay, yeah. words. Does it help for a partner to give you gifts? I think so. It could go hand in hand, kind of like with acts of service. But I don't really put too much emphasis on the gifts. I really pretty much would rather us spend time together or do something 
together. Go somewhere yes. together. Rather than you spend money on a gift. I realize I'm very difficult when it comes to this. Um, even in a friendship scope or relationship scope, I'm very difficult because one way to gag me is to ask me what I need or what I want. Initially, I don't have a want or a need for anything that I couldn't give myself. And I recognize like that can make me entirely complicated and difficult. And I own it and you know I'll take it, whatever. But what I can say is, I think that that probably brings a relationship or a friendship to the test because I'm definitely a person like I recognize when you take initiative and by taking mm -hmm. initiative is noticing if I say something out loud or if I'm noticing something a little harder than anything else and you go back and you do or say or give whatever that is, that really means a lot to me. And yeah. it could be something so fucking small. And so I think when in terms of gifts, Everybody be wanting you to give them like a Santa Christmas gift or like really instruct them on how to do stuff. Mm -hmm. When I feel like in my point of view, I shouldn't have to tell you or instruct you anything. I want you to show me what you got to offer by taking initiative. And I feel like that's the piece yeah. for me. Like I don't ever ask the impossible from nobody. Or I don't even require the impossible. I just want you to show me and take initiative and show me how you love. I don't want to give you instructions on what I require. And also, I think that probably asking what you need will probably fall more under acts of service rather than gift giving because you don't need no gift. Yeah. <laughs> You don't really need no gift. That's not something that's a necessity. Yeah, I think that probably would be more of an act of service. Like, what do you need? How can I help you? Like, Yeah, and I think it's a teeter because some people will say, or they could argue like, well, you have to tell people what you need or what you require to establish boundaries. I don't know. I, I feel like it's so hard for me to do that because I think love is boundless. That's how I yes. look at it. It's part yes. of communication because you can't expect people to just down. automatically know. And then people are worlds apart different. What you may think somebody not, might not even, that might not even cross their mind. Period. And to me, that's and, a compatibility and, and okay. issue. Yeah. Yeah. And ex absolutely. It is well okay. And to me, again, it just rings as a compatibility issue. And I think I've confided in you in so many certain ways where I was, I would literally talk to you in code and just be like, we're not speaking the same language. You'd be like, well, that's important. That's literally what you said. <laughs> and I think just having that, and I feel like, you know, we kind of very much in sync when it comes to stuff like that, like how we give off certain energy, how we give mm -hmm. gifts or how we go about life and how we want to be treated. I feel like we are very one and the same when it comes to that. But I think it's just finding that in a partner is really important who speaks that same yeah. language as you. Is any broken relationship mendable? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it just be levels to this shit. Like, I don't know if I want to really call our relationship broken, but it wasn't no, it wasn't perfect. And we were able to do it. We were able to mend whatever we had going on. I just feel like people got to be willing. And it just depends on the situation. Like I said before, because some stuff you can't come back from. And some stuff you can come back from, but it's super hard and you got to be willing to do it. And the other person got to be willing to do it and maintain. People will say a lot of shit. Like you said, people talk is cheap. Oh, yeah, I want to work it out and then still be doing the same shit that you used to be doing. Like, mm -hmm. no, 
if people can get on one accord and they can can communicate that and they can have, like I said, the audacity to reach out and say something about it, then I think it can be. What do you think? Um, hmm. Is any relationship mendable? I think by saying any, I think it's like saying every. And I don't think and every relationship. No. Right. And I think <laughs> answering that question, I would first say, check with your spirit and see what your spirit says. Yes, what yes. I could say for me, I don't block nobody. I only have one person block. And then there are people that, you know, that I've ended situations with. And we can still be friends, like on social media, and I don't, I don't feel nothing, you know. But what I could say in terms of my situations that are broken, there is one that I'm blocked, and and I and I block for my own protection because it could be something so simple as like seeing a picture, and like my body Trigger. is shaking, like Trigger. It, it is, it's it's really that bad. How can I get something like that to rile me up like that? With something so simple. Um, and I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's rage. It's like pure anxiety. Like, it it really puts me in a place where it's like... And I've never felt like that ever in my life. Like, I just feel imbalanced as fuck. I'm not sure what the feeling is. It, it just... It, it does not sit well with my soul. And so, I think having that feeling, you have to protect yourself. And so now that you know that boundary, you have to take yourself out of that completely based on whatever traumatized situation. If they talking to you crazy or if they say a shit and it just don't sit well with your values or your ethics and they just completely like push your boundaries, protect yourself from that. And that could be mom, nah. dad, boyfriend, baby daddy, whatever, you know. Now, when we talking but- about you trying to affect my soul and my spirit, blocked. Okay? That's for real. Yeah, I don't and block people left for fun. Left on blocked, left on red, left on all And that's that. for real. Whereas the other situation, like, it's muted. But <laughs> I, I don't feel the need <laughs> to block. I mean, ain't that serious, but um, it's kind of like an Easter thing, right? You always have, like, the, the dream thing, like, if I bump into this person or if I see this mm-hmm. person out somewhere, like, what would I do? And I sometimes have those thoughts, and I'm like, oh, it's just a regular day, you know? I actually bumped into... My first situation before. And I don't think he saw me, but I saw him and I did an about face so quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm in a place with anybody and everybody where I can see you and I could be like, hey, have a nice day. Mm-hmm. And I really actually truly genuinely mean you well. And I hope that all of the good things happen to you. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't wish ill on nobody. And, and to be completely honest, there was a moment in my second situation I was like genuinely proud because my thing is if I got you muted and your work or something that you affiliated with still show up on my page somehow, I was like, damn, I'm so proud of him. And I was, I was like, I'm so happy to see this. And I almost damn near cried because I was really so happy and so proud. After that, it, like, literally, I was like, all right, what else yeah, going on? Listen, I'd be happy when they get in new relationships. I'd be happy when they exactly. get promotions. I'd be like, right. hallelujah. I'm That's for sure. I never wish ill will on nobody. That's for sure. Last one. What broken things are we throwing out in 2022? Ooh, I'm going to have to think about this one. I've been trying to fix a lot of shit lately, so 
<laughs> I, I've been taping shit up. You know what I'm saying? Um, everything ain't, ain't 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 too broken right now. I guess I'll That's let you amazing. start that question off. I will say broken communication, throwing that shit out. I don't want to deal with I, it no more. I recognize I don't respond well to it. And me as a fixer, I'm always Bob the Builder with the bullshit. Now that I'm getting older, I don't feel like fixing that shit no more. If it ain't broke, I don't want to fix it. I'm throwing it so away. So wait. Now, when you say broken communication. Inconsistency of any sort. Are you saying that you're throwing that situation in the trash or you're throwing the broken communication in the trash like i'm gonna fix this broken communication it's about to be 2022 don't act like you ain't got your phone on you so if you sitting here giving me like dicey communication or you not responding i don't receive phone calls from you or you know we don't reach out like that then it's dust it's dust for me you know i deserve time i deserve consistency and so if i'm not getting that then you don't deserve me mama d i deserve and that's you deserve period. that's on period you do deserve that now i would say just to piggyback off of what you said and that's why i asked for clarification but i am mm. throwing away broken communication on my part and when i say my okay. part that is me not truly communicating what i think and what i feel in a necessary time that i need to do it okay because i have a problem with or had a problem with letting shit ride a lot and I'm just done with it. Like, I'm just like, you know what? People going to do what the fuck they going to do. But no, you can do what you going to do. But what does that look like? <laughs> that means um, it's like almost impulse. Like, if I need to say something, I need to say it right now. I don't need to bury mm. it. I don't need to sweep it under the rug. I need yeah. to, however hard it is, get it out. Because it's important. And like the old people say, it's better out than in. And I have, I yeah. used to really have a problem with that. Because I just, you know, I felt like, oh, I can't control a situation. But I can control me. And I can control how I respond to a situation. And yeah. I need to let you know how I I'm feel. guilty of that as well. I miss the play at cool. I am. And I realize, like, I don't win when I do that. Nobody does. But it really is a defense mechanism because it's like, then when you don't play it cool, then it's like, you know, you get gaslit or people label you as something that you really truly not at your core. But it's like you bring mm -hmm. certain things out of me. And so when you press a boundary then this what renders those results. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, now I got to be the nagger or now I got to be the mean ass. I don't like what comes with me not keeping my cool, but I don't yeah. like keeping my cool either. And for me, it was kind of like, I don't like nobody interrupting my little piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't like y'all interrupt. But sometimes you got to interrupt shit. You know what I'm saying? To let people know how you feel. Sometimes you got to interrupt that. And it's okay because you're going to get back to your peaceful self and your peaceful moment <laughs> eventually. But you got to let people know how you really feel and what's really going on because you just yeah. can't expect people to know. My second one, broke mentality. So I'm really throwing that shit out the window. And this is a lesson for y'all. Stop saying you broke. Saying oh, you're going absolutely. through a financial obstacle right now. Don't say you broke. That was actually a big thing for me this year because yeah. I, I kept realizing that you cannot say I am and follow it up with something negative. You can't say yeah. that because yeah. it's really like putting it out 
in the atmosphere. And lately, even when I don't feel good, like, have you ever caught yourself like, dang, I'm sick. I'm like, you know what? I don't care if I don't feel good. I'm not, I'm not sick. You know what I'm saying? You got to replace that with something else. I'm getting better. I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm doing that. Because when you, you put that stuff out in the atmosphere, it's like you become that for real. It's like you internalize that stuff. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. I'm done with, with saying things like that. And it's funny because I will even correct other people when they speak on me, especially Dang. if it's not like in a joking way. And my brother think it's funny, but my brother say, oh, you this and you that. And I was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not that. Like, <laughs> like yeah, we, we laughing and having fun, but I'm going to counter what you just put out in the atmosphere with what I want out in the atmosphere. And it's not what yeah. you just said. So let me counter mm-hmm. that with, because you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's just me. That's what I've been doing lately. Yeah, and my friend E said that on the manifestation. She said, you know, a lot of things when we say I am something, it's a passing feeling. That don't really, mm-hmm. like, tell us, like, we identify with that specific feeling. You have to really, like, check yourself and be like, no, what I'm feeling right now is passing. I'm not this. It's just that's what I'm yes. going through at this moment. You know, I always correct myself. When I think about it, I'm like, you know what? Let me let me take that back. I'll take that back. You know, I literally will say out loud, I take that back because Mm -hmm. that's not what I am. That's not who I am. And that's not what I'm going to be. So, yeah. Stop worrying about what you ain't got. Be grateful for what you got right now. Because it ain't till when you're grateful for what you got right now, something better come around the corner. I promise you. I've learned that. And now that I've learned that lesson, like, I'm not going back to a broke mentality. I'm not doing it. And then it all makes sense because how can you expect more when you ain't even grateful for what you got? You ain't going to be grateful when you get more. It's always something to achieve and it's always something to want more for no matter what. You got billionaires still working their ass off to get more billions when they can literally just stop everything they're doing and live the rest of their life without working period but they still Mm -hmm. striving and they still trying to get more that's just life you're never gonna be well you probably never should be satisfied but there are times of contentment you can be content you can be grateful for sure but yes so y'all get rid of that broke mentality you are not broke you are going through a financial obstacle right now a financial (laughs) hurdle if you will okay so Please, let's go into 2022 with a positive attitude, positive intentions. I wish you guys happy love lives, happy healths, happy pockets, happy wallets, peace and freedom. And let's not forget, happy new year. And happy new year, y'all. My name is Alon. <laughs> That's right. A whole mood. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.